Welcome to the Mary D Show. I'm your host, Mary D, here to be your guide as we extract wisdom and life lessons from thought leaders, artists, spiritual luminaries, and wellness experts. In 2018, I healed from breast cancer without the use of chemotherapy or pharmaceuticals. I love biohacking and plant medicine and what it means to be in relationship with spirit so that we can feel whole and complete. I wanna sprinkle you with some hope dust, tickle your funny bone and inspire you to find your inner roar. Get ready to live your most aligned, purposeful and joy-filled life now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I have a very special guest. Her name is Lisa Hepner, and Lisa is a produced screenwriter with five projects filmed in the last two years. Her four romance movies and limited series have aired on Roku, Amazon, Tubi, UpTV, and CBC in Canada. The Christmas Checklist is her debut novel, which she also wrote the limited series for. That way, we'll all be able to see this Christmas 2023. How exciting. Lisa, you are clearly talented. You've got a great book. And I do want everyone to know, Lisa was kind enough to actually send me a copy and I read the whole thing. And it was very heartwarming. It was a very easy read. And I want to talk about this today. I think there's a lot of people that are a part of my audience who want to write a book or may have written a book that maybe didn't quite land and some that have written some great bestsellers. But I want to talk about this because I think that often I meet people who have a book or a song or a play in them, you know, and they just haven't been able to get it out yet. So let's start with what do you know now that you wish you knew before you started writing books, screenwriting? Honestly, I think that, you know, looking, everything is, is wonderful in hindsight, right? Hindsight is 2020. But I think that I wish that at a younger age, I would have learned or known to follow my own passion and my own heart because I actually knew I wanted to be a writer in the sixth grade. It was my passion. I wanted to write stories. I was writing stories on my dad's typewriter that dates me, but way back when on his typewriter. And I come from a line of people in the medical field. And so I was told with loving intentions, of course, that, oh, writing is a hobby. Anything artistic is a hobby. You got to have, you know, a career in the medical field or a solid career. And I listened to that voice instead of following my own passion. So I was in the medical field for 20 years. I was dabbling in writing. And now, of course, I'm pursuing writing full time. And again, I don't really have regrets because I'm at the place I am supposed to be. And I learned a lot during that process. But if I could go back and change it, I would learn to follow my heart in that moment and pursue my passion long ago before. Mm, I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think so oftentimes we know inside and I feel like children are really way more tapped in because they haven't learned to unlearn to not trust themselves. And when that happens, it's only when someone comes and plants a seed of doubt. And I always want to encourage people, don't be that person that poo-poos everyone. Be the person that encourages someone and tells them that they can. My mom was definitely a you can. She was always telling me, you can, you can do anything, you can be anything, you can. Man, I believed her. And I'm so grateful for that. I am so grateful for that because it made me, you know, a confident young woman. And I think that there's so much to be said for like, being able to listen to your inner voice. So congratulations. Exactly. Because yeah. clearly Better you've had... Never, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you have success in this area. And obviously, like I said, I've read the book. So going through it, I can see it playing out in my mind like a little movie. 
And it was super inspiring. And so everyone knows it is called The Christmas Checklist. So again, The Christmas Checklist by Lisa Hepner. You can look her up. Her link is also in the show notes. So you guys can go back and connect with her and her book and get it checked out. Like I said, it's a quick, easy read. It's so heartwarming. It is a Hallmark movie in your mind, basically. Let's give the listeners a little insight into the book. Let's talk about, firstly, what inspired the story. Yeah, the story is inspired, actually, by my own grief. I lost my mom in 2019, and I lost her in June. But when Christmas came around, I was, like, struggling. Like, how do I get through that first Christmas without my mom, like my best friend? She was my world. Mm -hmm. And so I was grieving and I was struggling. And I think that a lot of like novels, a lot of songs, a lot of stories, a lot of art actually comes out of places of pain and grief. And so I was struggling with how do I get through that first Christmas without my mom? And the story came to my mind. It's kind of a, a long story, but I was actually lying in bed one night and I was kind of crying and I was like, asking for a sign as sometimes we often do when a loved one passes we say you know if you're watching over me or something can you give me a sign the christmas checklist popped into my mind and you know as a screenwriter as a writer i'm always getting titles pop into my mind but i was like okay where did you know where did this come from and i have no idea what this is about and i realized that the title hadn't been taken i looked it up on imdb and I was like, okay, this is interesting, this title. And I just kind of went back to sleep and let my subconscious, I guess, deal with it. And when I woke up the next day, I was like, this is going to be a story about a grieving daughter, aka me, who receives a Christmas checklist from her recently deceased mom that contains 12 activities that she must complete before Christmas. So I woke up with the story in mind. And I wrote that first story, which was a screenplay version first, because I don't usually write novels. I wrote that story in 10 days. It just like poured out of me. I was like, I can't, like the words just came out. So that's kind of the background, how it came to be. Amazing. And I think you're right. I think that through our lowest lows, through our pain, through our grief, through our sorrow, through these experiences that rock us, they are such a beautiful catapult for creativity and love. It's a way to bottle up any love or lessons that happen in that and share it with the world and share it with other people who are going through the same thing or a similar thing. And I think that's beautiful. I think you're right. I think that's exactly why it happens. And I love that you were inspired. And I love that she gave you that title. That's mm -hmm. really beautiful. Yeah. And I, I'm a firm believer that when we ask for signs, that they get delivered, yes. you know, and most people are naysay. I go, ask. Ask your past loved one for a sign. Ask God for a sign. Ask the universe for a sign. Whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for, it's available to you. We just have to ask. And I love that. And I think it created something beautiful. And I cannot wait to watch the special on TV this Christmas. It's definitely going to be on my Christmas checklist of uh, things to do this season. So I'm excited about seeing how it works out on the screen. Give our listeners today some examples of some of the activities that are on the checklist so that we can give them a little sneak peek. Sure, sure. The, the kind of premise to some of the activities, just a little preface to that, as I was thinking about the book and the 12 activities, because I didn't know what the activities were at first when I thought of the idea, but as I was reflecting on it, I remember this quote by author Richard Paul Evans. He wrote The Noel Diary, which was on Netflix last year, and he wrote a book called The Christmas Box. 
I remember a quote and it went something like the best cure for a broken heart is to use it. And Mm. that kind of like stuck in my mind and that premise stuck in my mind when I was writing this. And so to me, it was like in order for me to get out of my pain, because when you're grieving, it's hard to get out of that pain and experience any kind of joy or peace. You're feeling lost and, and lonely and pain. I had to take that quote, the best cure for a broken heart is to use it. And I thought, I want to come up with activities where you're getting out of your own drama and your own head and your own pain. And when you're giving to others, and that even includes giving to yourself, like self-love. So I was like, Mm. it's going to be all about, all the activities are going to be about giving, right? One of the items on the Christmas checklist is every, and it sounds so simple, but every day upon waking, state out loud one thing that you're grateful for. And again, it's so simple, but when you're experiencing pain and loss, it's hard to like sometimes think of things you're grateful for, right? Mm -hmm, Because you're mm -hmm. like stuck in the loss. If you can be grateful and wake up every day and say, you know, I'm thankful for the roof over my head. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for the time that I had with that loved one. If you can start, you know, declaring to the universe what you're thankful for, it can help you deal with some of those emotions of loss and loneliness. So that's one activity. Did you want some more or? (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, let's talk about that one a little bit because I think that gratitude is the right attitude. And it's definitely the one when I share tips for joy or happiness with people, that one always comes up because gratitude is such, it's like the foundation. It's the foundation of everything good in our lives. And I often see people so stuck in their fear, their anger, their grief, whatever it is. And it's like, wow, how do you process that out? Is it's only in sitting in that discomfort, but also figuring out where is the gratitude? Where is the gratitude if it's not for this thing or this that is happening for me, not to me, then where can I find some other gratitude to pull from and borrow when I can't find it in this particular area? And I think that's really just a beautiful piece of the checklist. And honestly, one we should all check off our list every day because gratitude is definitely, like I said, that right attitude. It sets us up for success for the day and it really gives our brain something to fire and wire with on a positive note to kick things off. So I love that. I think it's... Sound advice. All right, let's give them another one from the checklist. So another one, and it's very important to me, and I think it helps you get out of your head and in your pain and your loneliness, is volunteer for a cause. And what I invite people to do in the book, even though it's a fictional book, I invite people to think about, like, what are you passionate about? Like, what causes are you passionate about? It could be a one-time cause, like an Earth Day cleanup or something that you go to. Just the mere act of service to others and to the community can help you get out of your own drama. One of the issues that I care about is animals. And so one of the causes that I volunteered for was to be a foster parent. Now, of course, I can't do this very much anymore because all my fosters are foster fails. She's sitting right next to me. You can't see her, but we volunteered to rescue the senior poodle and she's 11 years old and we've had her for about seven months and she's the joy of our lives. But I think when you volunteer for something you're passionate about, that gift of service, that putting yourself out there, it also makes you feel again back to grateful. It makes you feel grateful for what you have because Mm. you see animals or beings or the earth or whatever that are less well off than you are. And it gets you out of that to actively concentrate on like, what can I give? What can I give to people? So that was another item on the list. Yes, I love that too. I think also, you know, for anyone listening, you're like, oh, I don't have the time to go volunteer, you know, I'm not there. 
I want to just encourage you because volunteering can be the smallest act. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go and rescue animals or or even humans. Right. It can be something as small as deciding that, okay, on Tuesdays or every day, but let's just call it Tuesdays. Let's call it Trashy Tuesdays that you walk down your street and you pick up every piece of trash that you see, you know, that you anytime you see trash that day that you just make a note of like, if I see trash, I'm going to pick it up and throw it away, right? I'm going to make the the planet a cleaner place. It's these small little things that we can do on a daily basis that still make up some volunteer time. So I think that's a good action to take. Also, quick note for parents out there, if you want to do an act of service for your children, as well as low-key, maybe a punishment, send them to a dog park and make them pick up all the poop. So throwing out that one out there for anyone looking for a solution there as well. Let's keep that earth clean. <laughs> These are fantastic pieces from the checklist. And so everyone knows there's more, but you'll have to read the book or catch the movie this winter in order to discover what those are. And the story, like I said, very well crafted, very easy to read which means it's going to be easy to watch. And I'm really excited about its launch. Before we go, we have some more time and I want to dive into this with you. And one of them is let's talk about the guilt that comes up when someone does have a loss and how they almost feel guilty if they feel joyful or if they get these moments of joy when they're supposed to be grieving. Because I think this comes up for a lot of people. And I say this because I support a whole breast cancer community. Unfortunately, we also lose people within the community. And you know, I'm not even going to say we lose them. They transcend from this lifetime into the next. And as that happens, we can feel our own loss and grief. And we may lose a body part and feel some loss and grief over that body part and what's happening. So what happens when we do feel a little joy? And is it normal? to feel a little level of guilt. And what do we do about it? Yeah. And that's one thing that I'm glad you brought up because that's kind of what I wanted to hopefully help others with, with this character, because I thought in giving my story to the world, if you will, I was hoping that it would help others that are going through that same thing and that they would look at that main character who's grieving, which is myself or that character in the book and say, wow, I don't feel so alone. Like that character is going through the same things that I'm going through. And that was a big point that I made in my book because the book is a romance, right? It's a Christmas romance at its heart, but it's also kind of a self-help, if you will. But what I did in the book is the character, when she experiences these moments of joy, like decorating for Christmas or doing some holiday festivity that maybe you forced yourself to do or something at, at the start, especially if you're grieving, but then you notice maybe the Christmas music's up and maybe you're dancing around the Christmas tree and you caught yourself having this moment of joy. What happened for me was that I'd felt guilty, like, oh, oh my gosh, I was feeling joy. Like, does that mean I don't love my mom as much as I should? Like, mm. or does that mean I don't love her as much? Like there, all that guilt and that self-talk came in. And for me anyway, I just realized that my mom or whoever loved one that you lost, I mean, think about would they want you to be sad all the time and be unhappy and be guilt-ridden? At least I know my mom and I know most people would want joy for their loved ones and they would mm -hmm. want their loved ones to experience love and joy. So it is also a normal thing though. So I just want people to not feel like they're alone if they have those moments of guilt 
But then to also just remember that I know when I transcend and pass on that I don't want my loved ones to like stop living and I don't mm. want them to feel guilty about life. And so right. I think that's a real important message. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was just sharing this with someone about how my mom has actually been unwell this last year and it's been very touch and go. And it's, it's so hard because even she's still here and I have my moments where I'm just like, should I be spending every single waking moment with her? And even for her, she's like, hey, live your life. You know, and it's like, oh, wow, like, how do I strike that right balance of like, yes, living my life and also spending time with her and, you know, right. just in case and knowing that eventually, right, none of us are getting out of here alive. So right. it's remembering that, too. And then also, how can I strike that balance with the people that I love in my life who also want to spend time with me? And we just don't know, right? We, we don't know when that when our time is up and it's, it's time to go. So right. it's just, I think, a great reminder of sitting with that gratitude every day because it's a beautiful way to wake up and show up in the world. And then also just the ability to be really present with the people that we are with when we do have right. them so that we can also celebrate their life all the time. And that way, that's what we're really focusing on when they do have their transcendence is the celebration of their life, even though we know that there is going to be some level of that feeling of like loss and grief because we don't physically have them anymore to tell us the new joke or tease us in a new way or whatever it is. But right. uh, I'm super inspired by your book. It was, like I said, very heartwarming. You know, you put yourself in the shoes of the character and you are, you're just a, a beautiful creative. And I love the way that you crafted it and such a positive message and so timely because I think with the holidays, oftentimes it can be that season where it's not so happy for everyone and it can be a time of grief for a lot of people and it can feel very lonely. So, you know, anyone that's feeling lonely, this is also going to be a really good read because I think it will encourage you to do some things like getting out there in the community and figuring out ways to connect with people in the community and connect with others so that you're not feeling alone because there are people who are also feeling alone and this helps really bridge the gap. It's a beautiful way for us to show up and live life and live out loud and not waste any moments that that are so precious. Yeah, very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Anything else you want to leave our listeners with today, Lisa? Like you said, you brought up the good point that the holidays are normally joyous for most people and, and they're festive, right? Everybody's going to parties and celebrations. And it's not just about grief because a lot of people are experiencing maybe a financial difficulty over, mm -hmm. over the holidays or a health crisis or whatever it is where you're feeling stressed or alone or fearful, if you can be of service to other people and also practice that self-care for yourself, whether it be going to counseling, going to therapy, getting lost in a Hallmark Christmas movie, like that brings me joy, like taking a bubble bath. What can you do that makes your life more joyous and peace, even in the midst of that loneliness and that pain? Is there something you can do that will nurture yourself or others? during that stressful time. Good advice. All right. Well, before we go, one last thing is I have this very fun fact about you and I want to talk about it. So <laughs> I heard that in college that you were an animal activist and you took on an entire biology department by offering alternatives to dissection and you even wrote a book about it. Tell me this yes. story because <laughs> it sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. In college, which seems like eons ago, I was into animals and I still love animals, obviously. 
And I was majoring in biology because I was going to do pre-med like my parents and my, my dad. But anyway, they involved dissection. And so I was like, I don't want to you know, do that. And so at that time, they didn't have alternatives to dissection. They were like, what? You have to do this. And so I took on the whole biology department at the University of New Mexico and went to like the head of the whatever chair of the biology department and petitioned everybody and like got signatures and like wrote articles in the paper and like then wrote a book about my experience called PETA, which is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Like I did all this stuff and then wrote a book about it. And so they didn't see me coming. (laughs) But anyway, I love alternatives now, supposedly so. Okay. Hey, I like that. Yeah. I very distinctly remember doing, doing horrific things to frogs. So yeah, I mean, thankfully they were already dead, but at the same time it was like, is this necessary? I don't know when I'm going to be using this in my lifetime. Right. Right. So now I think you have a choice. So if you want to see diagrams, you can. Got it. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, way to make a difference and way to use your gift to also advocate for change. Because I think that's the other place where people can really find a voice, right? If you're not a professional speaker, maybe you're a professional writer and that's how you do it is through books or you do it through screenplays and having other actors write out the message. And I want to encourage anyone out there that feels like their voice isn't heard or that they have a story that they want to share or maybe one that they may feel their own shame around sharing, but how they can do it by creating characters in something like a book or a movie or a screenplay that allow them to actually put voice to that issue or advocate for that thing or heal that hurt that happens to be swirling around inside. So using writing as a a creative tool and a healing tool, I think is beautiful. It's a a pen is a wand and Mm -hmm. it has those magical powers. So I love that. Amazing. Okay. Well, again, thank you for being our guest today, Lisa. I wish you all the best in all of your future books and endeavors. Please keep us posted. I'm a fan. Now I want to read all your stuff. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I I appreciate you. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for all you do in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. All right, everyone. Well, we are closing this show today. Tune in next week for a new episode. And until then, May abundance always walk beside you. May joy always go before you and may love always guide you on your path. Thank you for joining us on today's show. I hope that today's session inspires you to live an aligned life where you get to take complete ownership of your feelings and decisions to live in your truth. You can connect with me more at www.maryd.com. You can also catch us on YouTube at The Mary D Show. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and type in at The Mary D and just look for the little blue check to ensure you're on my official page. 